You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to today's show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, Critical Mass Radio Show, broadcasting live on octalkradio.net. Boy, do we have a good show planned for you today. Dan Whitaker, managing partner of Whitaker & Company, is our first guest. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, MBN Design, S&H Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, SunUp Group, TN Company, Tone Software, Turn Up the Volume, and UPS protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs who are running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm Richard Rick Franzi. CEO Peer Groups is my Twitter handle. And on your favorite podcasting software, type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, and you'll be able to get our weekly shows automatically pushed to your device. And don't miss our YouTube channel, Richard Franzi. As I said, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Dan Whitaker to the show. Dan, welcome to the studio. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. My pleasure to personally have you here. Let's start real simply. Tell me about Whitaker and Company. What do you do and sort of what services do you provide? Give us a little thumbnail. So we started out as a traditional CPA firm back in 1999, but I think our clients would say that we're a CPA firm that's focused on creating value for, for their businesses. Okay. Uh, and we really do that through a few, through a few different ways. I think, you know, I think to back up and you know, most traditional CPA firms spend their time reporting and looking at the rearview mirror, right. which is, that's really important. I, it I don't, is. You know, that, that, that is important, but we believe that we need to spend two thirds of our time looking out the front out the front window and where are we going okay. and that's how we really help our clients strategically increase the value of their businesses okay so you're you're partnering with them looking at talking about the future as well as giving them very accurate and detailed reporting on the past right okay yeah, that that's exactly that's exactly the case and and we we do that with our clients uh in continual touch okay uh so meeting with them on a monthly basis Mm-hmm. Uh, really, so we take the time to understand their business, understand where they want to go, and continue to help them push the ball forward. So, Dan Whitaker of Whitaker & Company, what type of client t- – tell me the demographic or the, the, the traditional yeah. customer that you do business yeah, our, with. Our traditional client is a lower middle market company, Okay, usually revenue of – Ten to fifty million dollars. Okay, that's kind of uh, people listen to the Critical Mass yeah, Radio Show. Twenty to a couple hundred employees. Right. Always been in business for five plus years. Most of the business owners are fifty plus years old. Uh, so that's kind of the strategic. That's the, the, the strategic strategic focus we have. And I would say it's typically manufacturing, distribution, high tech companies, somewhat, and then some in healthcare. Okay. So this is we're on the internet, so we're beaming around the world, but we're Absolutely. certainly also here in Southern California. Um, can you tell me geographically? I didn't hear that. Maybe you said I might have missed Yeah, so it, geographically, I would say that we're primarily focused in Southern California. Okay. I would say Orange County and L.A. County. However, we do have this odd contingent of clients uh, from New Zealand. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they could be listening to us right now. Maybe time zones. I probably time zones are different. Maybe it is a podcast. Yeah. I'm not sure what time yeah. it is in New Zealand right yeah, now. It's but. tomorrow in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so they, they can predict the future for wow. us. Wow. Let's, uh, let's call them and ask what happened. What happens tomorrow? What happens tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. that's great customers to have. How, okay. I, you got my curiosity. How did you get a customer from New Zealand? So when I left, I, I was at KPMG. I was okay. a manager at KPMG. And when I left, I, I would, wasn't too smart. I left with no clients. Uh, we can get into an that. honest employee. Yeah, yeah, we can we can we can get into that down the road. But when I but when that happened, I ended up getting a referral from from KPMG okay. with uh, a New Zealand client, and I got to be friends with 
the partners at the accounting firm down in New Zealand. Okay. And they kept calling me saying, hey, we don't really want to refer work to a big four firm in Southern California because they're too expensive. Can we refer them to you? Whoa. So we, we, so we ended up with a little contingent of New Zealand and Australian clients. How fun. Have yeah. you ever been there on business? I have not. No. Okay. It may be something you want to consider at some point. Absolutely something. Dan Whitaker, managing partner, Whitaker & Company, is here. You know, we didn't talk about your value acceleration model. Can you you explain what those three words mean and then give us a little context for that? Yeah, so we we really work with our clients on a strategic side to help them do three things. Create value, accelerate value, and harvest value. So what does that mean, right? That's, yeah, a, that's a lot. That? Yeah, it sounds good. So for a lot of companies, they haven't talked about or haven't figured out how to create value. So they've, you know, maybe owners started a company and they've they've been running forward and, and now they have 20 employees, 50 employees, 100 employees, but it's because they were able to make a widget good when they started the business 20 years ago, 30 okay. years ago. But they haven't thought about how to create more value. So one thing we do is we help them strategically create a more valuable business. Okay. Is You mean when creating a more valuable business, more valuable to their customers or more value as far as the typically, value of the business? Typically more value to themselves in the, okay. in the area of what's the business worth. Okay. And That's important. It's, it's very so important. So much of a business owner's net worth can be tied up in their business, right? I would say the majority of their of their the, net worth is tied up in their business. They're overweighted on that part, right? Right, right. So, so that's, where, that's where you get further into the conversation. Okay, maybe they've created value or they have a business that's valuable, uh-huh. but there's things they need to fix. Or how do they accelerate value? Okay. You know, we're, I'm, you know, they're 60 years old. They're 65, 70 and they're looking at themselves going, okay, this is great. I've created this business that I love running. I love being here every day. It's the biggest asset in my in my estate. And I need to take that value and turn it into something that I can invest that's going to take care of me for the rest of my life and right. take care of my family and my heirs and create a legacy. Uh-huh. So really what we do is is after they have something that's valuable, we help them accelerate value. Okay. So increase the value even faster. Okay. And the next, how do we harvest the value? How do we so how do we transfer that asset into something that's investable? Okay, so you're helping them to be a little more liquid with their investment. Then. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Do you have a framework for this? We do, and that's called the value acceleration model, oh, which is what you were leading coming to. Full circle now. Exactly. Okay. So the value acceleration model is a best practices model that we've we've learned we've picked up from the Exit Planning Institute, which is an international organization. And it's a best practices method to go through, of, of, you know, make an assessment of where you are today and then accelerate value all the way to how do we exit the business or succeed the business. So there are different drivers and levers that different business owners could use to choose to use to employ with the value acceleration model then? Absolutely. Okay. And that really depends on a bunch of different factors. And Absolutely. So, so you mentioned the Exit Planning Institute? Yes. All right. So you opened the door to that subject. Yeah. Tell me about that. So I am the the chapter president for the Southern California. Look at that. Managing partner, chapter president. Wow. Yes. yes. Of the Southern I'm California. Impressed. Thank you. Of the uh, Southern California chapter of the Exit Planning Institute. So the Exit Planning Institute, there's about 300 members, uh-huh. people that are certified exit planners, which in addition to being a CPA, I'm a certified exit planner. Okay. So that means I have the credentials to help uh, business owners go through the process of determining the value of their business, accelerating the value, and okay. then exiting and harvesting that value to do something else with it. Is that a popular subject in today's business world? It seems to be a very popular subject in today's business world. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I ask that sort of tongue-in-cheek in the sense that a lot of 
business owners are getting to the point where they need to start thinking about that, right? Absolutely. And you can't think about that. You should think about that well in advance of when you're planning to exit the business. Is yes. That, is that a safe thing to say, Dan? That is a, that's a very safe thing to say. And we can get more into that as we go. Sure. But you want to think about that not months in advance, but years in advance. Even if it's a family business, right? Well, I think if it's a family business, I think it's even more critical. Why? Because if you've got family, you've got kids, you've got heirs employed in the business, I, mean, I think in many cases, it's your responsibility to make sure that they're successful going forward. And a lot aren't successful, aren't that That generational change can be da- dangerous for the business. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Then, most, it, yeah, most businesses that, that transfer to a, a generational change uh-huh. uh, make it to the first set of heirs, but okay. not the second. Wow. Wow. So you work so hard to build this business. And it's gone. And then it's gone. In a, in a generation. Yeah. That's a, yeah. 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 So it's really, it's really critical to help give those kids, if you will, coming up right. the tools they need to succeed. So by, by being a part of the Exit Planning Institute, last question before we're going to take a quick commercial break, ladies and gentlemen, because when we come back, I'm going to ask him to share with us his guiding principles. So for those of you that are loyal listeners, you know that's a question we like to ask here on the radio show on a frequent basis. But So don't go anywhere. We're going to jump right into that after the commercial break. But before we get there, just what are you seeing as far as companies that are needing to become liquid and figure out it? Uh, exit strategy. I mean, wh- what does the Exit Planning Institute offer that, um, without being affiliated with them, you wouldn't know or be able to do? So, what the Exit Planning Institute gave me was a framework, something to organize around best practices. Okay. To take our clients through this process. Right. And we've been doing three, four transactions a year with clients for the last fifteen years. Wow. And in this area. In this area, absolutely in this area, and um, you know everywhere from. Transferring five percent to you know an existing employee to doing a sixty million dollar ESOP to doing you know hundred million dollar capital raises, mm. and look at you. That's been that's been exciting. But I've always known. Okay, well these are the attorneys to call. These are the advisors <laughs> yeah, to call. Right, yeah. But never having a framework or process to put around it. Right. And going through the the learning the exit planning piece and uh-huh. learning that I actually have a a best practices framework to do that I, i'm all about the power of peer learning and this sounds like by being in this collaborative environment you're getting best practices from across the country maybe in it's international America, yeah, around the yeah. world then international wow okay yeah. great all yeah. right well we're talking with dan whitaker he's managing partner of whitaker and company we're going to take our first commercial break here on critical mass radio show don't go back because in less than uh two minutes we're going to be talking about his guiding principle and you don't want to miss that <laughs> Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Are you looking for your successor? Someone as dedicated and experienced in their field as you? Executives Unlimited delivers the top executive talent you need for your company's long-term success. 98% of our clients re-engage us for additional hires, and over 90% of the executives placed by us since 2007 are still in their positions or have been promoted. That's twice the industry's average retention rate. How do we do this? Dedication. 
Executives Unlimited believe success isn't success until it's long-term. Call us to invest in your long-term success. 562-627-3800 or visit us at executivesunlimited.com. Let our long-term success leverage yours. Award-winning photographer David Moyle has more than 16 years of experience creating unique and riveting photography for his clients. Whether your business is an international corporation or a small business, David Moyle's photography can make you stand out. Visit www.davidmoyle.com or call 714-272-2284. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Dan Whitaker, managing partner at Whitaker & Company, is our guest for this segment. You know, before we get back, I just want to let you know that all of our shows can be heard on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests' websites whose CEOs have been on our show and their company has put their interview on their website, as well as various business-oriented podcasting services. Each month, we have several thousand downloads of our podcast, and if you'd like to uh, subscribe, like I said, go into one of these or your favorite podcasting software, type in Critical Mass Radio Show. We're on a variety of different podcasting platforms around the country, if not around the world, and hopefully you'll find us. Okay. Uh, Dan... Before the break, I said I was going to ask you to share your guiding principle. And what I, how I think of that is your overarching philosophy or belief system that you've been using and continue to use to lead and grow Whitaker and Company successfully. Mm-hmm. Servant leadership. Okay. So let's move on now. Yeah. No, I'm no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that's so. I don't know if that goes back. That goes back to probably how I was raised. Um, this is why I like the guiding principle because it generally is that it's a blend of your personal philosophies that you bring into business many times, mm-hmm. which it sounds like you're setting us up for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I truly believe in servant leadership, and in your organization, you need to be able to you need to be able, willing, and ready to do anything that needs to be done at any point. Is that how you define servant leadership then? Uh, so I define it that as well as serving those around you. I mean, absolutely making making everyone else's job easy. Okay. If I can make everyone else's job easy, right? That makes my job easy. I, I uh, in my peer group today, oh, I had one of my three peer groups this morning, and one of the things that we were talking about is um, one of the foundational beliefs that we have in a critical mass mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. is it's the jobs the boss's job to figure out how to break the rocks that are in the way of their employees from getting their work done. Because you have the resource control and you have the ability. And so what you're saying, I completely agree with. I think mm-hmm. that's a major focus for the leader of the organization is how do I improve your work product mm-hmm. by helping you remove some of these things that mm-hmm. are impediments. Mm-hmm. Give people the tools they need to succeed. Right. Make sure they have the tools. And it also sounds like you take the pyramid, the traditional hierarchy, and you turn it upside down and serve it leadership where the boss isn't at the top of the pyramid, but the boss may be somewhere at the bottom. But, the, at the bottom. Yeah, but I think is I think you should be. Right. I mean, that's how you that's how you support those around you. Right. And when you support those around you, they support you. Okay. So how do you know that's working in your company? I'd say ask my team, but my team's not here. <laughs> okay. I know that based on how we grow and when I see other people step up and do mm-hmm. anything it takes, I believe, So you're modeling the behavior. Yes. I believe I believe when you model the behavior Tone at the and, top. And, and and people step up and do things they wouldn't otherwise be required to do that proves that you're doing things that you're not required to do right and you know there's times when things get crazy or you know things are busy and there's a cpa aren't you right exactly (laughs) you do have a busy season don't you exactly (laughs) and when everybody steps up and gets things done and people do things that are out of the ordinary that tells me that it's working right and it i think 
tell me if this is true, Dan. It colors the nature of the conversation that employees have, supervisors, leads, yes. managers have with you, yes. right? Yes. Because um, my sense is in that type of model, a person who doesn't believe in servant leadership probably wouldn't be satisfied being in the company because maybe they want the power that accrues to the position. And if you're not supporting that, then that's probably not a lot, that's not a good culture fit for Absolutely. those type of people. Absolutely. So you actually attract then people who who are comfortable with that model as well. Maybe not initially, but certainly long-term. Long-term, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they weed themselves out, right? Self-selecting. Yeah, yeah. Every, every once in a while, one can sneak through. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. No one has a perfect hiring model. It's a, it's an area. It's an art, not a science. Isn't exactly. It? Dan Whitaker of Whitaker & Company. It is. Well, thank you for sharing your guiding principle with us here on Critical Mass Radio Show. So, you know, I'd like to explore current challenges that our guests are facing. Everybody faces them. Uh, we certainly had them during the Great Recession, but they still persist. I'm wondering if you could talk about some of the challenges you're encounter, you encountered when you first opened your business. Can you take us back to those crazy days? Yeah, so I'll do, so I'll, I'll, so I'll do that really quickly. Um, you know, When I started Whitaker & Company, it was 16 years ago. I was 29 years old. The first thing you learn is, is those people around you, as a CPA, those people around you that are probably willing and able to buy your services and pay for what you have to offer, do so if you have gray hair. At that point, I didn't really have gray hair, so I took it a step further and just lost my hair. Okay. That was so, for them. So that worked, right? Right. right. So, yeah. that, so that stepped up the game a little bit. Um, you know, the other thing is, when I, when I left KPMG uh, and, and started the firm, my wife was five months pregnant. Whoa. So that, that, changes, your, that changes your game, too, because you don't have a choice but to succeed and to figure it out. And yes. as I said earlier in our conversation, I didn't have any clients when I walked out the door either. Right. Absence of options focuses the mind. Absolutely. You know, sometimes too many options can be... Uh, distracting for an entrepreneur. Yes. It really, sometimes you're best served by having just a, and burning the ships, not having an option to go back to the corporate world. Exactly. Got to make it work, right? Exactly. 16 so, years ago. Made it work. Uh, you know, here we are, you know, 16 years later and um, year before last, we were the fastest growing small firm in, in the U.S. Really? Yes. Um, so that, that's, Congratulations. Been, that's been, that's been great. Uh, so we've been growing, we've been doing well. Um, but you know, those, you know, those some of the things that we went through starting out, it was just tough. It was tough when you didn't have, you're 29 years old and you don't have trust of the people that are your parents' age, right. willing and able to buy your services. Right. You really have to, but it teaches you, there are people that I, I was, I've been in sales for most of my career and I, I always believe there's somebody that will buy this product. Mm-hmm. I just have to find them. Just right. So there's somebody that'll buy everything. Mm-hmm. The question is, is it an attractive enough product that we can sell enough of them to make a business out of it? And, and the other thing around that is just because somebody doesn't believe you're valuable, that doesn't mean that what you have isn't valuable. Exactly. That just means they don't understand that it's valuable. Yeah. I, um, I heard someone, it might have been an actor, who said, you're going to meet a lot of rejection in your career. To be successful, you need to use that to fuel your passion and not let it dissuade you from your career. Great. So let's just get through the rejection and keep going. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So let's fast forward to today. Yeah. Any challenges you're facing at Whitaker & Company? So I think, you know, I think we do have some challenges at Whitaker & Company. If if we didn't, we wouldn't be normal. Is marketing one of them? Marketing would be one of them at times. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think something that, that that we that we see in the marketplace and trying to help business owners, especially lower middle market business owners, is they're so focused day to day on putting out <laughs> fires. <laughs> You're laughing. You're yeah, laughing. I, I work with them. I know. I love them. So do I. I agree with you. So do I. So they're so focused on putting out fires on a day to day basis that they somehow forget to take a step back and look at the map and try to figure out where they're going. Right. And the way that we can help them most is if we can help them take a step back and look at where they're going so they can get to where the, where it's most important for them. They're, they're so focused on, you know, flying the plane today that they don't know what direction the plane's going in. Uh-huh. And we can help them change that. 
And when you fast forward that to, you know, now we have a valuable asset, this business, and we want to harvest that and tr- turn that into something else. You know, in, you know, the number that I've heard so often from owners is, oh, you know, I, I need $10 million. I mean, that, that's just oh, a round number, yeah. but, but that's, Feels the number. Good, yeah. that's the number that gets thrown out. That's yeah, generational right? wealth. So if you, think about, if you think about that, most businesses today are probably worth 60 to 70% of what they could be worth. Okay. So if your number is $10 million for sake of discussion, uh-huh. it's probably worth 6 to 7 You don't fix that gap in six months. No. You don't fix that gap in 12 months. Right. You fix that gap in 24 months, 36 months, 48 months. Because you need a trail of performance that, you need you need to trial right. of performance you need to install tools to make sure they work you need to get a management team on board that's strong i mean you, we can talk through a hundred different things that need to be done right. in many cases right but it takes time right and i think our clients and the, the companies we we work with so often are in a, in a position of hey we want to be done in 12 months yeah well it doesn't take 12 so we need to take a step back and realign what it is you're after uh-huh and start to work with what makes sense. Okay, well, you know, I'm thinking as we're talking, I'm certainly only scratching at the surface of what you know on exit planning. So mm-hmm. m- maybe there's a show in the future where we could come back and you yeah. could you could share the various exit strategies and we could just kind of yeah. hit a... Okay. Eight, so, eight different ways to get out or something. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. All right, so we only have a few minutes left, but I wonder if you could share your uh, current growth opportunities. Where are you, where are you taking Whitaker and company? What, you're going to come back. When you come back, what are you going to be talking about from a growth perspective? From a growth perspective. Uh, so I'm committed to us being the number one succession planning firm in Southern California. Well, I like that. That's a BHAG, big, hairy, audacious exactly, goal, right? That's exactly what that is. Okay. The reason I'm committed to that is I believe that we have, we as advisors have a fiduciary responsibility to help our clients succeed. And the way we can do that for us in uh-huh. this case is being a niche player and helping our clients increase the value of their business and then transfer the value into something else. Wow. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's, our, that's our charge. Okay. Well, I, and have you shared that with your team? Absolutely. Of it's course. on our it's on our strategic two page plan. Perfect. Do you have a two page plan? We have a strategic two page plan. That's exactly the size of a plan that most companies in the middle market could benefit from having. Absolutely. I'm not a fan of multi page written business plans. I think they are <laughs> the three ring binder that not goes on, worth the, on the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't work. One page, two page, something simple, something that you can enjoy and, and understand and actually many times I've seen companies that get so tired through the business planning process they don't implement it because they're just exhausted from the process mm-hmm. of the front end of it. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. Okay, so that sounds like one of the things you probably do with your companies when you're helping them to increase their value is to make sure they have a business plan. Right. Looking out their front windshield, right? right? Where are we going? How are we getting there? All right, well, Absolutely. you know, Dan, I, I wish we had more time. I really do because it's kind of just bounced by way too quickly, and <laughs> yeah. we had more questions to ask you, but we're going to definitely get you back. But before, I can't let you leave without saying, how does someone who may be listening to us live on OC Talk Radio or as iTunes, how do they find Whitaker & Company online? How would they find Yeah, so, that's, so it's really easy. We have a website. It's WhitakerCoCPAs.com. Can you spell that? It's W-H-I-T-T-A-K-E-R-C-O-C-P-A-S.com. Thank you. Thank I, you. Uh, thanks for being a friend of the program. Yeah. I've enjoyed this conversation. Welcome to the community, and I look forward to having you back Thank on you. the show. Thanks for having us on. Okay, Dan Whitaker of Whitaker & Company. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for another short commercial break, and our second guest will be in the studio, and we'll continue the conversation on octalkradio.net. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. 
with 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers. For over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sound board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based T&N Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tnco.me. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Eldon Baber, who's the executive director of the Rays Foundation, is sitting in the studio, as I had promised. But don't forget that all of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have been on our show, and their company has put their interview on their website, as well as various other business-oriented podcasting services. <clears throat> Excuse me. Each month, we have several thousand downloads of our various podcasts, and if you want to go into your favorite podcasting software, type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, and you'll get our regular updates of the different interviews we do each week. All right, Eldon, thank you for being in the studio. Well, thanks for having me. Let's start by talking a little bit about you. Briefly, what's your background? Well, I have a probably a little bit unexpected background. I started off um, working with juvenile delinquent type youth okay. um, in what is called an outward bound model program. So basically, I was taking groups of kids into the high Sierras for two weeks at a time backpacking. Okay. Basically trying to help these kids that were troubled uh-huh. kind of work through the things that they were dealing with in their life. And I did that using literally the outdoor environment. Mm-hmm. I'll bet for many of them that was maybe the first time they'd ever been out camping like It that. typically was. Usually the, the best control methodology I was able to use was to tell them about the bears and wolves. <laughs> yeah, so, you stray too far. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You don't want to get eaten by a bear. Uh, okay. So they'd stay pretty close to the campfire. Yeah. Uh, so how did you go from that to this? Well, actually, it's just, I, I think, kind of an extension of working with that youth population. Okay. I mean, just, you know, early on in my life, recognizing that this was a population of, of kids that needed help. 
and I was one of the folks that could help them. Okay. So really drew me into working with those kids and the families that had troubles and uh-huh. problems and um, just they needed a helping hand. So let's talk about the Rays Foundation. You're the executive director, as I said in the open, of the Rays Foundation. Maybe for some members in our audience who may not be familiar with your organization, can you share a little bit about the organization and the focus? I'd love to. We are the Child Abuse Prevention Council for Orange County. Every county has one, and we're it for Orange County. Um, our focus is pretty much exactly what it says, child abuse prevention. Um, A lot of what we do wraps around providing support, referrals, networking families to other types of services that they might need, as well as actually providing direct aid Mm -hmm. to them. So our focus is really at the front end. We're, We're really working to try to head off a problem before it turns into something. Okay. And we've been doing it for about 40 years. Okay. So we've been around for quite a while. How long have you been with them? Um, I'm in my, the end of my second year. Oh, look at you! So, I'm, yeah, I'm still, I'm still here. You made it through the probationary period. I made thanks. it through. I'm no longer a probie. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah, Thanks. Well, yeah, it sounds like in your description that is the realization that child abuse is is not the only challenge in many of the homes with which. I mean, I know you're up for prevention, but is it true? Is it fair to say that if there's child abuse in the family and the home, there may be other contributing factors that that need to be dealt with as well? Well, honestly, that's one of the biggest challenges that we face is that um, people look at this issue and they say child abuse, but they don't understand that neglect and maltreatment are actually the larger portion really? of the issue. Wow. Um, most people, you know, we, we see things in the news. Obviously, the big things carry the headlines. Right. You know, but that's not really what's happening in the community. It, it's really more in the direction of the things that families need in order to survive. Okay. So that turns into the neglect and the abuse then follows. So, uh, you know, when you look at the stats, I mean, I, uh-huh. hate, I hate trotting out stats because everybody always talks about numbers. And it, it doesn't, it, I think, dehumanizes things it to does. a certain degree. But sometimes it has a big But impact. it has a value. Yeah. You know, the neglect and maltreatment side is about 70% of the issue, which when you think about the news coverage, yes. that's upside down. Right. So what people really don't understand is that the work that you do on that front end, providing things to, as you pointed out, it's the problems that they're they're in the family. Right. The things that they're facing. Right. You know, it's... Uh, the pressures of... The pressures, you know, the family that loses employment, the family that loses a house, the family that has, you know, an, all illness. These, uh, has an illness, all these issues that surround the daily life, the right. weekly life of a family that set up a scenario where there's a problem. Okay. And for the most part, you know, I, I, I tend to think of it from this perspective. Nobody becomes a parent with the intent of abusing their child. You would hope. It just it good. It doesn't work good. that way. Thank you. Right. Uh, I mean, it's the farthest thing from most people's mind. It's being a parent. It seems very unnatural. Right. And the other part of that is being a parent is probably the toughest job anybody can have. I mean, I've got four kids. Right. Thankfully, they you know they they've all grown. They've you right. know they're they're launching. They've got jobs. But in the best of situations. In the best of situations. Right. right. But imagine being in that circumstance where you know you can't pay the rent. You know what happens? Right. You you can't get to the end of the month and feed your child. So how how does your organization find out find the people who you can help? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, can yeah. you can you describe that to me then? Sure. Well, a lot of that is through outreach into the community. The the approach that we take largely is to step out of the comfort zone. You know, most people when you think about most businesses, right? The customer comes to you. 
right? I mean, mm-hmm. gas station. I I drive. You drive. Well, you know, the gas station doesn't bring the gas to you. You go get it. I wish they would, though. Uh, it would be, a lot be more great. convenient. They'd be filling it up right now. Yeah, but they'd probably tag on an extra charge. <laughs> we step out. Okay. We go out into the community. So, okay. for example, this past Saturday, our Resources in Motion program, which is a mobile family resource platform, it's literally we take the bus out. Hmm. We, we've got the RV. We go out. We put the family advocate, the counselor, um, the information referral staff all go out into a community setting okay. where they put together a literally a, an event. So at this one event up in Buena Park this past Saturday, we had about 400 families. Whoa. That cycled in and out through the day. 400 families? Yeah. Not 400 people, 400 yeah, families. 400 families, right. Holy cow. So they were coming for different reasons. Okay. Because when we set these things up, obviously we're not the end all be all. We partner, we collaborate with other programs, other agencies. Uh-huh. Um, we're smart enough to figure out that we're not experts in everything, so we surround ourselves with people that are. Right. And we let them do the work that they do well, and we take care of what we can. Now, that means at this event, we had someone that dealt with dental care. We had someone that did early pregnancy and uh, pregnancy testing and uh, blood pressure and you know different types of services that if you're in poverty, if you're on that edge... Yes. When did you go into the dentist? You know, right. now if you're, you know, I mean, my wife's going to kill me when I say this, but I mean, she's not going to the dentist because she doesn't like the dentist. These folks aren't going to the dentist because they can't afford it. They can't get to one. They don't know where to go. Right. Right. So we bring it to them. So, so you have an awareness in Orange County where the population centers are that are most in need, and you are doing outreach oh, programs. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's and again, you know, when you start looking at things like numbers, for example. Last year in Orange County, there were 46,000 calls to the child abuse reporting hotline. 46,000 calls. With a population of 3 million, 46,000? 46,000 calls. Now, that represented about 23,000 unique families. So you Mm. might get more than one call. Yeah, that was my follow-up. You know, like the school teacher might call, and the the principal might call, or someone else in the community might call Sort of like early warning thing, or maybe I sense something might be wrong. Right, right. Okay. So, you know, folks will call in and say, hey, I suspect there might be a situation here. They're reporting. There, there are mandated reporters. You know, school teachers, law yes, enforcement. my wife's a school teacher. Yeah, you know, they, they're required under law to report when they suspect abuse in a family. You've got 46,000 calls that comes in. In one year, where did those calls come from? All over. There, okay. wasn't, there wasn't a single city in Orange County. There wasn't a single community that didn't, didn't have uh, calls. Okay. Now, if we, but if you look at it, I mean, literally, I do things like I create like heat maps. I was going to say, yeah, you know, put a heat map together. Yeah, I just put heat maps together, and it's like, okay, look, right there, there's the hot spot. That's where you need to be going. Right. So that's where we go. Right. I mean, we can't get to everything all the time, uh-huh. so we focus on the places that have the greatest needs. Right. And your goal is child is prevention of abuse. Prevention. Okay. Uh, are you getting introduced where there may be neglect? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because when you, when you look at the spectrum, it's it's all in the same bucket. It's you know abuse, neglect, maltreatment. So if you work at all three levels at all three points, okay, then you're really heading off the the problem. What's the difference between we have about two minutes left in this segment? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking with Eldon Baber. He's the executive director of the Race Foundation. I got so interested in the conversation, I didn't, I forgot to mention who I'm talking to. Sorry about that, but you might know that. What's the difference between the three? Yes. Yeah. Thank you, sir. That's a good question. A lot of people wonder what that what that means. Typically, when when you think of a, of abuse, it's usually the you know the physical okay 
child is hit, beaten, those kinds of things. Um, neglect is more the unintended or unsupervised unsupervised kind of environment. Um, Parents working multiple jobs just yeah, to make you know, ends meet. You know, you go back, I mean, I was a latchkey kid and I didn't even know it. I was okay. a latchkey kid before they even figured out that was a term. Uh-huh. You know, I was from a, a single parent family. Right. That was very common. You know, That is very common. Yeah. So I went home after school, made myself a snack, did my homework. There I was. My mom got home. She made dinner. Okay, what happens in between I get home and she gets home? Right. Well, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, there wasn't a lot of trouble you could get into because there are a whole bunch of other parents around keeping track of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I lived in fear of my mom coming in and looking at me like, oh, no, you know, the neighbor up the street told you what I'd been up to. Right. Right. That doesn't happen now. Okay. In our in our world today, okay. in my neighborhood here in Orange County, it's like every place else. People pull into their garage, they close the garage door, and they go inside. Yeah, who knows what goes on? Who knows what goes on? Okay. How many neighbors do you actually talk to? Okay. It's a different environment. So what's mistreatment then? Well, you've got neglect. Maltreatment, maltreatment. is maltreatment is actually that that area of not doing things that you should. Okay, so for example, did you take your kid to the dentist when they had a toothache? Mm. Well, that's not abusing them, but it's maltreating them. Okay. Did you with did you not get them the proper care and treatment? So I mean, it, I mean, there's a much more technical right. process of going through all this, but right. for most of us that aren't social workers, it's easier to just say, look, this is kind of what the picture looks. Is like. Is it ever escalating? I mean, is does the research suggest that it goes from one stage to another stage to to the to the worst? It doesn't stage? necessarily. Not to, necessarily. No, okay. No, no okay. because you you look at some of these things, you know, from the standpoint of neglect. Mm-hmm. Okay, neglect is an area that doesn't necessarily have the intent of of harming. Okay. Right. As opposed to the, you know, what I consider to be kind of the other end of the spectrum, the higher end of the spectrum where you're talking about physical abuse or right. sexual abuse. Or mental abuse. I mean, I, you emotional, know, emotional, emotional abuse. abuse is, I mean, yep. it doesn't leave any scars. It's harder to find, but it lasts just as long and it's every bit as real. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, from the standpoint of, of looking invisible at scars, I should it, say. Well, it's, but it's not invisible. Right. See, okay. now, that's, okay. now that's the interesting thing okay. about this is that most people think, oh, it's just you know, it's it's something that passes by. No, there's actual studies. There's there's physiological studies that that suggest that children who are the victim of stress uh-huh. environments, yeah. physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, all this environment, right? Yeah, their brain development, oh my physical God. brain oh my development, God. is retarded. It, it, oh. it, you know, their brains are smaller. Jeez, they don't have the same capacity it's not just an emotional thing right. it's actually it's a physiological reaction it's actually to the a physiolo- yeah yeah wow so the long-term implication is significant because now as a child you're you, you know you're not developing physically the right way so right. all of a sudden you know how do you get through school how do you get through college how do you become a productive employee right you know i don't know that's the challenge for a lot of these kids Eldon Baber is our guest. He's executive director of the Rays Foundation. We're going to take our third and final commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about the fine work his organization is doing here in Orange County. So we'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. Let's face it. Not all company challenges are the same, which is why strategic market intelligence can help identify the actionable information you need to be more competitive. Gain a better understanding of your brand, competition, best prospects, or new product opportunities to generate greater revenues in 2015. Call 949-357-9547 or visit www.strategicmarketintelligence.com. Are you ready to tap into the power of social media to promote your business? 
It's easy to get social with Turn Up the Volume, the award-winning social media marketing professionals who know how to get results. Drive web traffic, boost sales, get social today. Visit www.turnupthevolume.com. That's turnupthevolume.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Eldon Baber, Executive Director of the Rays Foundation, is our guest. Uh, can you explain the relationship? Let's start with the name, the Rays sure. Foundation. How, how does that how did that come into being versus uh, maybe the other names? It just give me a relationship to Orange County, to California, to the national organization. Sure, sure. Um, there is an organization at the national level, kind of countrywide, that is called Prevent Child Abuse America. There's also an organization in California. It's headquartered in Sacramento called Prevent Child Abuse California. Okay. Most of the local groups, like Ray's, that are child abuse prevention councils have i think they've tended to shy away from that prevent child abuse logo okay. that, that name if you will from a branding standpoint because quite honestly you know if i've got a table up and there's a placard up that says you know prevent child abuse i mean how many people are going to walk up to that table mm-hmm. it's a little off-putting right. right so part of the part of it was really looking at branding and a communications issue for the organization you know, so when you think about it, the Rays Foundation, our logo is literally a parent raising a child. Right. You have a pen on your lapel. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a positive. It's okay. we aspirational. Are, it's aspirational. We right. are about raising healthy, strong families. Okay. Giving children hope to have that environment as a child so that they can thrive. Are you upon? Are you a formal part of Orange County? Actually, uh, the Orange County political and governmental well, bodies? I mean, how uh, does that work? Tangentially, I mean, the, the county supervisors designate us as the council. Okay. So, so we effectively do have, like, a political appointment. Right. But you're uh, a nonprofit. But we are a 501c3 nonprofit independent organization. Okay. So we are connected to county. We work collaboratively with the county. We sure. work with social services, right, with the health care agency, right. with all the different departments. You're relying on those right. services, right. right, and funding, right. et cetera. Yeah. And, yeah. and we do play a role um, in a certain degree to the county from an advisory standpoint. So there, there are different aspects of government process that we're involved in. So, for example, I'm a part of the child death review team. Every child. I didn't know we had one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If a well, child that sounds like a morbid, yeah. oh my it's, God. it's not fun. It's not fun. A child eighteen and under dies. Doesn't matter what the circumstances. The death is reviewed because it's a child. Really, by a formal committee. Yeah, coroner's coroner's office heads it up, and okay. we have you know police department, sheriff, probation. Yeah, we had sheriff medical Hutch- people Hutchinson and, in here last yeah, year, and yeah. she's also the coroner, right? She's responsible yeah, yeah, for the yeah, coroner. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's all kind of uh, operated out of her shop. Okay, um, so so you're looking for. 
the cause and make yep. sure nothing was missed, maybe? And, yeah. Okay. yeah. Some of it is looking at that. Some of it is also, quite honestly, looking at whether or not there's an abuse and an, an intentional death or harm caused to a child if there's other children in the home that are possibly at risk of abuse. So that's that's not the fun part of the job. Yeah, I was, yeah I, I've got to ask you, Eldon. I admire what you do, and I really am uh, supporting what the Rays Foundation is doing. How do you compartmentalize what you must be exposed to, though, on a regular basis in this vein? I've I've learned over the, over the years that I have to focus on the things that are positive. That this is really about the upside um, for every child that's out there that needs the help. It's a matter of looking to the kid that I can help, and that's part of what I do in the office. With you know, when I think about my team that are part of the Race Foundation, our employees, our volunteers, you know, it's it's got to be solution oriented. As a manager, I try to carry forward that idea of, like, look, we're about solutions. Okay. We're about the positive. We're about finding solutions, helping families. It's not about dwelling in the negative. Yeah, there's bad stuff that goes on, but you can't carry that with you. you you've got to go past that and look to the things that are going to be helping a family. Now, for me, some of that's just personal, you mm-hmm. know, just getting out, doing things that are normal. Right. Get your mind off Get it. Get my mind right, off right. it. You know, I'm a runner. I'm involved in sports activities. You know, I try to focus on my family. I stay involved as a parent. You know, it's just the normal right. things of life. Now, it, it, for some people, it does. They do ask me, you know, how, how do you handle that? I mean, do you have volunteers that help your organization, the Race Foundation? Do you? We have we have a great group of volunteers. And we're always looking for folks to step in. Okay. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, that's one of the things that, you know, from a business standpoint, business community, one of the challenges that we face is um, reaching into the business sector and helping companies, employers understand that they play a role as well in this. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about it from the standpoint of lost productivity, I mean, prevention's the key there. Right. You know, you, you don't want your folks getting pulled off task because they're dealing with issues at home. You'd rather get them connected with resources. So the more we can bring people to the table to work on the front end mm-hmm. to deal with the prevention side. Right. Right. Um, we're actually, this summer, we're going to be launching a program reaching out to companies throughout Orange County to recruit ambassadors. Okay. So it's, it's basically, we're going to provide the training and the, the mentoring and uh, set them up with, with the tools that they need to actually go out and talk to other people. So actually go out as an ambassador and speak on behalf of children. To educate. To educate and, and promote awareness. Okay. So uh, you said earlier there were 40-some thousand calls that came in, 46? A little over 46,000. Okay. How big of a problem is this here in Orange County? Well, it depends, I guess, on how you want to look at it. This past year, you know, we lost four children to abuse, physically died because of child abuse. So is that a problem? Yeah. Right. I think it's a problem. Right. You know, um, every year. Four, five, six kids in this county. So die. it's been pretty. Con- that that unfortunately yeah. that number is pretty steady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had there was one one year a couple years ago when you look at the stats where it spiked, but it was because of a sibling set. It was like one. Oh, okay. You know, it was it wasn't an isolated child? It was like a group of children, and that kind of sp- spiked the number a little bit. So if you look at that one year, you go, oh, what happened? Well, right. it, that's what happened. Okay. Um, but yeah, consistently there's you know four, five, six kids that die every year in this county because of child abuse. Wow. That's just, it's completely avoidable. Right. You know, it's kind of like uh, drowning. No kid should drown in a backyard pool. There, right. Right? There's no real reason for that to happen. Right. But it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah, more frequently than we like to admit, right? Right, right, right. right. 
All right. We have about two minutes left. I don't mean I don't want to leave it on a, oh, on a sure. downer yeah. like that, Elgin Baber, but I think it's important for people to know. You know, you talked about building your ambassador program. So if there are business owners out there who um, – here's what I find. We, we, we try to expose our listening audience to these worthy nonprofits and been doing this for years because I never know what's, what people will naturally gravitate to for whatever reason. A personal situation, empathy, they get involved in, in worthy organizations because something about that organization connects with them at a deeper sure, level. Sure. So if there's someone out there or people out there listening to this show either live on octalkradio.net or in the future on a podcast, if they want to get involved and learn more about the Rays Foundation, how do they do that? Well, obviously they can call us. That's that's easy to do. Um, also, you can you can catch us on the Internet. We've got a website. It's pretty easy, therayesfoundation.org. I'm going to ask you to spell that. The, T-H-E, Raise, R-A-I-S-E, Foundation, F-O-U-N-D-A-T-H-I-O-N, dot org. Okay. It's all one word, the Raise Foundation dot org. Um, you can also uh, obviously connect with us you know, through uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all the social media sites. There's links on our, our website for all of that as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's typically the easiest way to, to get to us. Well, I, I would hope that some of our community, uh, either initially or over time as your podcast ages and seasons on our podcasting software and iTunes, people listen to the show and get involved in your very worthy cause. The prevention is so much uh, better than any type of, I think, remediation after the fact, right? Oh, absolutely. And it, and sometimes it's just someone intervening, right, to maybe... Well, it is. And, you know, the reality is most of us don't understand that true cost. I mean... Right. I mean, in in the United States, we're looking at approximately 125 billion dollars. That's the cost of child abuse. Wow! Really? Yeah. Okay. That, That's wow. a huge yeah, I don't even, number. I, don't even, I, I wish I wasn't up against the clock because I'd ask you to explain that a little bit more. But maybe. Well, I'd be happy to come back and do it. Okay. Sometime. Well, there you go. It's, it's perfect. Great. Perfect great. thing. Okay. Well. Um, Thank you for being a friend of the show and a part of the Critical Mass in Orange County community. I, I really appreciate the good work you're doing. Well, we appreciate uh, being here, and you give us a chance to help people understand what the issues are. That, that's my pleasure. To have the opportunity yeah. to be able to do that is something that is is I'm very fortunate to be able to do. Thank you, Elgin Baber. It's been a great time talking with you. You've taught me a lot, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Rick. All right. Okay. Uh, we're going to go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you've enjoyed listening and learned from the show today. Maybe some of it's helped you with your decision-making skills, or maybe you found a new worthy cause you want to become involved in. Uh, this show is brought to you by our advertisers, Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, MBN Design, S&H Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, SunUp Group, and Company, tone software turn up the volume and ups protection if you'd like to connect with me on linkedin i'm richard rick franzi ceo peer groups is my twitter handle our podcasting software or your podcasting software type in critical mass radio show and don't miss our youtube channel richard franzi where we tape all of these radio shows or most of them uh radio show interviews and you can watch them versus just listening to them until our next show this is rick franzi hoping that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.